Hello, friends. Maestro here, bringing you episode 339 of Maestro on the Mic, doing it Thursday, shorty style. In today's episode, I'm talking to you about reframing how you solve problems. The first step is going to be identifying if it's a problem at all. The more nuanced discussion there is identifying if it's actually a problem for you. Is it a problem for you based on your wants, your needs, your values, your goals? Introducing individualization and subjectivity is a game changer. This is a good episode. I'm just going to come on out and say it. All this and more, but first, hey DJ, give me that heartbeat. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get Maestroified. Three, two, one. Hello, my podcast people, and thank you for joining me for yet another episode of my favorite podcast. So today's episode, full disclosure, is inspired by another podcast. At this point in time, I currently listen to two podcasts. I don't even listen to my own podcast. I listen when I record it, and that's it. Uh, But I have, as you know, I listen to Eat, Train, Prosper, uh, which is um, Brian Borstein and Aaron Straker's podcast. And I also have recently started listening to the Psychology Podcast. Uh, My girl Jessica John put me onto this. She sent me an episode. Uh, I don't think she had any intent of me like listening to the entire podcast, but she sent me an episode. um, And every episode, it seems like there's a guest. And it was actually a really good episode. I don't love the host, I'm going to say. I don't, I don't love him. He's, I don't have anything against him, but I don't think he's a great host or the greatest host. But uh, the guests are fascinating. And so I've been listening to that more and more. And I just listened to an episode. And I will say also that there's 20 minutes left in this episode uh, that I'm listening to. So hopefully the last 20 minutes aren't like total trash and he completely, you know, flip-flops on what he's saying. But I listened to an episode, uh, what is the episode? There's no numbers on these, but it's from August 9th and it's with Dr. Colin DeYoung. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. And the title of the episode is Rethinking Mental Illness. And I'm listening to this episode and the whole time I'm like, fuck yes, fuck yes, fuck yes. Except for there was a point when, excuse me, the host, uh, I forget his name, Scott, at one point, he's like, this is revolutionary. And I, you know, immediately, I feel like I channeled James Olivia and I was like, this is basic. Uh, but he also, in Scott's defense, he also says kind of like, this is revolutionary, but in the same breath, it's also like, duh, it should be like this. And I totally agree. And we're going to tie in what that episode's about. Uh, and we're going to tie in movement in this, ep- in this current episode I'm speaking that I'm going to be giving Uh, tie-in movement, and of course, tie-in some online business. So the whole premise today that I want to speak about is this, is the fact that it's only, and I'll say it a fact, I'll say it's a fact, or the concept that it's only a problem if it's a problem. 
right? Something is only a problem if it's a problem. And I think that for those of you in that are, you know, truly in the movement world and you're up to date with things and you're really thinking for yourself on things, about things, you know this, right? There's so much movement diversity and, you know, so much uh, anthropometrical, I'm, I don't know if you can say that, anthropometrical, but I'm going to say it, diversity, basically like in how our bodies are, are, are built, that movement's going to look different. And how you are shaped and structured and built is only a problem if it's a problem. And I think when I say that, you, you folks listening to this in, instinctively know that. You're like, duh. And yet, things like social media and just you know people looking to try and simplify things and totally just remove nuance from the discussion... Because of this, we tend to, I'll say, immediately pathologize things that are different instead of saying it's only a problem if it's a problem. And if I was to finish or, you know, add on to that sentence, I would say it's only a problem if it's a problem, you know, for your goals. So that's what the problem, uh, problematic nature refers to so you know if I, if I start off with movement I think that's a little bit easier it's always easier for me to understand but you know turning you know, excuse me squatting with your feet turned out or I my lack of plantar flexion like I do not have good ankle plantar flexion I don't have the greatest toe flexion either that is not inherently problematic right there's no need to just immediately pathologize that and then try to fix it because we've assigned a diagnosis to it. We've assigned a name to it. It's only a problem if I'm like trying to be a dancer perhaps and I'm like, dude, I have no toe point. But for the things that I do, it is actually not problematic at all. And so when we adopt this lens... It inherently allows for more nuance in the discussion. It allows for more diversity. Uh, one of the things that they pointed out in the in the episode was, you know, how this approach allows for more neurodiversity, and it's it absolutely does. It's a more encompassing, welcoming approach to. And this is in their case, they're talking about mental illness, and how if we reframe things and just look at uh, just how people function, basic functionality, uh, brain physiology, things like that. And we don't immediately pathologize things based on symptoms or based on presentation, but we apply it to the individual and their goals. And then we see how problem, if something is problematic, that allows for a far more encompassing um, system. Right? And so we know this inherently. I think now we're at a point where we understand this with movement. And so when it comes to things like, you know, should I train at every range? If your goal is something that requires that, or you just want that, then yes, right? You should not immediately categorize something as a problem without first taking the time to identify that person's goals. And I think that you know, the important part of that sentence there is taking the time. I think that part of what we've done and the reason that we've been so quick to pathologize things and really wanting to label things as black or black and white or black or white is because it's easier, it's safer. So as as medical providers, if we can put you in a box and take a very like, you know, allopathic approach and be like, you have this or this looks like this, therefore, 
you know, you have that, or you have that simply because this looks like this. It's much easier for us. Right? And I'll say it right now. I think that this is one of the reasons why we've seen a lot of PTs start leaning towards and trending towards performance-based care and more of that like personal training trainer approach uh, because it isn't something like, when I say personal trainer, I'm really thinking about someone that's very solely looking at like getting people stronger, not like a necessarily, you know, diving deeper into things or coaching them. So I'm not saying in a, in a pejorative way. And I'm thinking about this because I just brought Betsy Foster on uh, and her episode will release in December. It's gonna be great. But I think that we see physical therapists moving towards this very much like, let's just get you stronger approach to things because pain is so complex. Whereas progressive overload is a lot more black and white. It's safer. It's easier to understand. It's more of like a specific input, specific output. Whereas we start to deal with pain, that's an experience. And it's such the, you know, a, a spectrum, a gradation. There's so many variables involved. And it's, quite frankly, a very difficult. All right, so, you know, it's a little bit of a tangent, but something I was thinking about and, and kind of thinking, as I was also thinking, like, why do we do things like this? And, you know, part of it is our, our brain's natural tendency. We want to put things in boxes. We want to categorize them kind of safe or unsafe. Uh, it's, it's just how our brains work. But I love this discussion uh, that was had on that podcast. And I love you know, bringing it over to this podcast to talk about because uh, it's something that I see with people that kind of get in their own way. right? And they immediately think that because they're doing something differently, or in a different way than somebody else, it's like automatically a problem. And they, they pathologize it, especially, you know, if perhaps they're not necessarily seeing the outcomes that they immediately want. Or sometimes they even are. They're just like, they haven't seen it yet because of time. It's not even that necessarily what they're doing is the reason that they aren't seeing the outcome. It's that they haven't been doing it long enough. But we immediately look to see like, what is somebody else doing? And that must be the right way. And our idea and our way of doing things and our approach to things is wrong. And it's, it's pathological. There's a problem. I think there's something to be said, and they also speak about this in that episode, about the ability to reframe and reframe things and say, okay, well, this is how this is going. This is how I like to do it. How can I use that to my advantage? And this is something that I talk about extensively. You folks, if you listen to the podcast, you know this. And it was, it was cool, you know, that, that uh, what is the word? Confirmation bias uh, that, that occurred when I was listening to the episode. And they're kind of talking about... I don't want to say mental fortitude because that's not right. Um, uh, you know, mental robustness, if you will, where if you're able to adapt, then the things that you do inherently, your habits, your in, in your your traits, your innate traits, while they may be problematic for somebody else your ability to adapt and reframe could make them superpowers for you. So I'm thinking about someone right now, and uh, she has a propensity to really catastrophize, but like go so deep into it. And I think that this can go in, in multiple ways, but two ways that I'm thinking that maybe diverge and they're like opposites is that like it gets in the way of doing more things where it just freezes you. The flip side is perhaps using that and being like, dude, my imagination is 
fucking bomb. Maybe I go and write. Maybe I go and take this and use the fact that I can think about this and like go so deep into this. You know, it, it came up because uh, we were speaking about like one of the one of the strategies that I use for people is when they have something that they're facing and they're worried about it. I'm like, dude, catastrophize, right? You know, what's the worst that could happen? And then write out how you would react to that. And then she's like, I struggle with that because I can go so so deep with that and I was like all right yeah I can see this and so from there we have you know multiple options but I think two opposing paths one is that you it gets you stuck and one is perhaps that you're able to reframe or you're able to adapt and use that uh, to uh, help you meet your goals but that's probably going to also require that you change your goals such that they're in line with the things that you are inherently better at So as I'm speaking about the things that you are inherently better at, one of the things that I loved about this episode and, you know, confirmation bias and that I'm going to speak about now is putting you, more you, at the forefront. An approach like this that basically states it's only a problem if it's a problem for you allows things to be individualized, right? And it also takes into account the role that society and societal norms play. So I've had this discussion with many friends and partners and just over the years. And for whatever reason, as it relates to myself, to me, I never think I'm the problem. Now, I'll give you a moment to stop laughing. But when I do something, and let's say it's different than how other people do it, It has never been my default to think that I am a problem because I'm an outlier, because I do something different. To me, it's just like, well, society has chosen to adopt this, and that's that. It doesn't mean that what I'm doing is wrong. So, you know, even something like gender norms and how I grew up and just being me and wanting to dress how I dress and play how I, you know, play with, I love G.I. Joe's and I loved um, uh, Transformers. And I love Ninja Turtles. Born in 85, child of the late 80s and 90s. I love those things. And I never was like, oh, I am wrong for wanting to do this. If anyone's going to be wrong, it wasn't me. It was going to be society's wrong for putting, you know, forcing people to choose. Like, you want to play with this? Because I also had Cabbage Patch dolls. Like, that's where the problem was for me. It wasn't in what I was doing. So in taking this approach, right, it's only a problem if it's a problem for you and meeting your goals, it individualizes it and brings in the role of society or just at least highlights it and makes you aware of it. Because I think that some people never ever consider the fact that maybe if we have to have someone be wrong, that society is wrong. All right. I think this is like, we could just say that everything could coexist and like you do it this way and there's also other ways to do it. But if we have to, you know, if we're looking to shift blame, I think that people only ever think that if I do something differently, it's because I'm wrong. It's not because there's just different ways to do things. It's always I am wrong. And so I see this quite a bit uh, in people in my ecosystem, uh, folks that are struggling to just find their voice because the assumption is always I'm wrong. I'm outside of the norm. I'm outside of the default, the standard. And so I'm wrong. You know, one of the things that has been a superpower for me is growing up outside of the standard or the norm. And so we see that reframing that has always been a part of my life, likely because or likely, you know, perhaps fostered by the fact that I was also 
an outlier in a good way for things that society really valued, like school and sports. So I was an outlier in that I was very good, but that's like a really good thing. So I was like, well, I have this and people value this. So these other things that I have, they're probably okay too. Like in my brain, I was able to, you know, equate them. And, I, you know, I always give shout out and props to my mom for the unconditional support. Like my grandmother and my aunt, Auntie Josephine, if you ever listen to this. Just the unconditional support that they gave me for this. But I wanted to bring this up because perhaps this is you. Perhaps you do things a little bit differently and your immediate, your knee-jerk reaction is to be like, I'm wrong. Instead of being like, this is just how I do it. Right? So I had a call with my mafia the other day and we were talking about batching. You folks know that I love me some batching. But what I love more than that is choice. And I love that people have the ability and the freedom to choose to do things in the way that best works for them. I'm not here to celebrate the fact that you chose to do things how I did them or how I do them or you choose to batch the way that I batch. I am here to celebrate the fact that you are uh, choosing at all and ideally choosing what fits you. The fact that you actually have choice. That is what, and then you realize that, that is the thing that matters most to me. So when it comes to you know, something like, even like talking about batching, yes, I will share how I do things just to give you some examples, but not to have you get caught up in comparisonitis and immediately, you know, fall into self-judgment and be like, well, what, how I do it is wrong. No, I'm just telling you how I do it in case you want a starting point or you, in case you want some ideas. Right. If we think about, you know, do you zero your inbox? I don't. I used to, and then something happened, and now there's 11 billion in there, and it is what it is. Right? Checking Instagram all the time, checking your email multiple times a day. It's only a problem if it's a problem for you and the goals that you're trying to achieve. This is why I kind of get frustrated when I see people just, you know, uh, consuming other people's stuff so, so, so much to the point where they don't have time to create their own. And I get it. We need a place to start, for sure. But you also need time to develop your own system, your own, your own approach. And I encourage you, as you're developing that, to really put your wants, your needs, your values front and center such that you can decide for yourself if something is actually a problem or not. A little aside there, uh, what episode is it going to be? I don't I think episode 341, it should drop on December 20th. I already recorded the December episodes, the long ones with the guests. That's going to be with uh, Laura Jean out of Australia. Uh, that's going to be the episode all about values. And it's, it ties in very nicely to what I'm talking about today and, you know, establishing your own values, using them as your own filter, your own North Star, if you will. And then you're able to determine, is this actually a problem for me or or is it not so i'm gonna say this phrase like 11 billion times this episode in, in hopes that it sinks in simply because of repetition but it's only a problem if it's a problem for you so when we're looking and comparing i'm kind of hesitate to use that word we're looking at the strategies of other people things to remember are your goals the same as their goals? Are their goals the same as yours? Again, there is nothing wrong with looking to borrow from others and looking to have a starting point. 
or a little bit of guidance from others. But I'm going to caution you again against that slippery slope into comparisonitis and immediate self pathologizing and being like, well, how do I do it is wrong. It must be wrong. This kind of ties into uh, survivor bias. It's either survivor bias or survivorship bias, but either way, same, same. And that relates to the concept that we only focus on the people who have succeeded using a certain approach. We totally ignore the fact that there could be hundreds, thousands of people who use the same approach and it didn't work. Again, the whole concept is just bringing in nuance. What works for one person may not work for another. If you are looking for a starting point, you're looking for some guidance, some help, one of the things that can be super helpful is just making sure that you have similar goals and similar values to the person who you're asking for help or the person whose um, methods or whatever you are looking to emulate. But at the end of the day, here we go again, more you. It's only a problem if it's a problem for you. My whole goal with this episode is perhaps to just say this concept and put it out there. Sometimes uh, this has happened to me and I'm guessing it's happened to you where you kind of, you know something inside and you just don't have the words or like no one said it yet. And then there's something so freeing once that person or someone says it and puts it out there like into the ether. So, uh, you know, this has happened in the past with you know, relationships where you know you need to break up with somebody, but like you don't want to like say it because then it's real. Or you're like, kind of scared to say it. But then your friend, hopefully you're, you know, one of your good friends says it and suddenly it's like, this is a possibility. And yes, and it like kind of breathes life into it. And so I think that's largely what I was hoping to do with this episode is breathe life into this concept of you know, the individualized nature of a problem, of everything. And the fact that something is only a problem if it's a problem for you. I was really heavily from, or I was inspired uh, very heavily inspired by the episode uh, on the psychology podcast because it really highlights this gradation of things, this subjective nature of things, uh, the, this non-binary approach to things, especially when, as a healthcare provider, I realize the detriment that can be caused by giving someone a diagnosis. And I know you folks listening to this understand that because as soon as somebody gets told they have arthritis, they are arthritis. That's it. Doesn't matter if they have zero symptoms or if they get an MRI and both knees have those degenerative changes, but they're only symptomatic in one knee. They're whole, they're, they are arthritis now. This is what they're talking about in the episode. And when do you give someone, when does someone get a diagnosis? And uh, the, the person that was being interviewed, Dr. DeYoung, really wanting to push towards when it's problematic for that person. And that is remarkable. If we look at that across all spans of healthcare, uh, something is, you know, like blood work and things like that. We have these numbers and they're based on averages. And I would contend a lot of these averages are based on unhealthy people as opposed to looking at the individual. So when I went and got blood work done, I didn't go to a traditional doctor. I went to a friend of mine who is an endocrinologist and I had him interpret things because I was like, I want you to base this off of me. 
Not what all the textbooks have told you. Yeah, we can bring them in and look at it somewhat. But I trust him and his education and how he views things and the fact that he will look at my entire being and my symptoms, which I had none, uh, and go from there, right? Because it was really funny that I had, maybe it's not funny, but I had like one vitamin D and uh, one white blood cell. Not one, but it was lower and it's always trended a little bit lower. Uh, And... I sent to another friend of mine who she also studies. She's like in the big, really big in the hormonal world. And she was like, dude, if I just looked at these, these labs without lo- like knowing you or looking at you, I'd be like, do you have shortness of breath? Are you tired? Like, are you okay? And meanwhile, I went and got blood work because I felt the best that I pretty much have felt in years. And I was like, let me go get a baseline of when I feel good. This way, when I feel bad, I can compare it. Right? When we get to introduce the, subje- the subject, subjective nature and we take an individualized approach to everything, everything changes. The reason I started the podcast, this podcast episode off with tying into movement is I, I'm assuming there's a lot of people in this audience that are within the movement world and you so get it. You know what it's like when somebody goes and gets an MRI. Now they are that diagnosis immediately. And then we know, we see everything afterwards. Their, their disability scores and scales go up. Their perceived pain goes up. Their prognosis goes down because we put this label on them, this very objective label, and we didn't apply enough subjectivity to it and enough, you know, individualization to it and base it off of that person's symptoms and their presentation. Things are trying to do. And that's exactly what the episode that I referenced earlier uh, is speaking about, right? When we're talking about mental illness and when does someone get a diagnosis? And is it if they have these, if they, is it if they just have these kind of markers? Is it if they have these symptoms? Or is it if they have these symptoms and it's interfering with their goals? All right, because symptoms gets that like, I don't want to say negative connotation, but it gets that problematic association right away. But perhaps you have some of these symptoms, you're like, I actually don't care about you know this this thing and so it's like not actually a big hindrance on my day-to-day and so you know I'm okay with that Uh, so I love that it brings in so much of that nuance Uh, and I love that it brings in societal expectations and just what we've established as the standard and perhaps you know without asking why is that the standard why is that the default is there a different way? Is there what I perceive to be a better way? And yes, that will also be dependent on my goals. And of note, those goals are multifactorial. It's not just singular goal because there's obviously competing goals. And so I could be doing one thing really well, but if it competes directly with any kind of like, you know, social goals that I may have, then we have to look at that. But the whole concept here is taking a look at our approach to identifying things as pathological or not, problematic or not, and taking the position that it's only a problem if it's a problem for you. All right, so if we're going to wrap this up and perhaps make that statement a little bit less narcissistic, it's only a problem if it's actually a problem. Bring in the individualized nature of things. Bring in a subjective approach Break away from the binary. Make sure that we are practicing more 
you. What are your goals, your wants, your needs, your values? Is that thing interfering with any of those? Okay, then we can start looking at, as, looking at it as a problem. Do you just do things differently than other people, but it has no impact in a negative way on you achieving your goals and living out your values? No? Then it's not a problem. All right, I'm looking at the time. And I'm going to wrap this up. No specific announcements, I'm pretty sure. No specific announcements or anything like that uh, this week. Just super grateful that you take the time to listen to my musings and you help me puzzle these things out. I'm just grateful for every single one of you. Alrighty, that's all I got for you for today. Until next time, friends, maestro, 